Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Do. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is the man who was in the Venom trailer just as much as Venom was, Mr. Drew Celestino. Oh, you're blinking. You miss me. It's it's so quick. So quick. So, so quick. You're, you're like in and out or contained in a jar being watched by people. But we'll get to that in the news. Sure. sure How are you doing, sir? Here we are quite back all, again. Quite all right. Quite all right. Opening statements. How was your week? Uh, week has been a-okay. Um, actually, pretty uneventful overall. Fine and so, dandy like Jim Candy. Yeah, that's not going to make for much of a uh, conversation piece for this open, however. So we got to spruce it up a little bit. Um, and as, make stuff up. As per usual, uh, we had our Friday night uh, game session. Yep. And Catan has made a return. Yeah, we went a little old school. I miss Catan because I enjoy it. It is difficult, though, when you have so many people. Yeah. I feel like certain routes get cut off, your strategy changes, trading options open up, but it just feels a little different. And as we always find with Catan... There's always that one number. There's always the one number. That and just, when there's six people, oh, that one number comes up so much more. So the, the, apparently the, the, the little uh, dots on the numbers on the board correspond to their likelihood of actually being rolled. Someone has done this math, apparently, on yeah. dice rolling. So we found out that eight actually is a high probability number, yes. which I didn't believe, but it is. But then some of them, like, I don't know, 11 and 12, which are very rare. We were, we, we were seeing consistent 11, 12s. Yep. Weird. Very weird. Yeah. And it's also bizarre how certain people can reliably roll numbers on the regular. Yeah. Through no intention or fault of their own. Yep. If if I was in Vegas, I would have put even money on Lauren rolling a seven every time. Every time. That's that's every insane. Time. Yeah. That's insane. So yeah, that that was bizarre, man. Catan is a Catan is a, is a mystery. Which made my victory all the more impressive because <laughs> I didn't have anything on eight to like the last two rounds of the game. You quietly were amassing your, your, uh, you were fortifying your positions quietly. Yep. Until it was over. Yep. Well done. Well done. I'm all about getting those resources. The more I can get resources on my own, not have to rely on others, the better, that's better you are at the game. That's absolutely the name of the game. So that was roughly Friday. Uh, let's see, Saturday. Saturday, we had a, uh, a little appearance. Yes. We had our first official. I guess you could say appearance at an event. Uh, go ahead. Well, we had the uh, fighting game tournament. Is that the yes proper title? The actually, proper of title it? of it is the it was it was the fighting game tournament eight at, at uh, Game On. A Game On um, Land. Yeah, and that was kind of wild. Um, New experience for you. Quite. Um, pretty wild. I see the excitement in the air, and I could only imagine it got crazier as the day went on. So, oh yeah, yeah, I. I'm sure it did, actually. Um, and we, uh, just to interject really quickly, we actually did coverage of that, and that will be in a bonus episode coming out later this week. Yeah, I'll throw that together based on uh, the footage of the coverage that we did get. We got quite a bit from what I understand, so I'll see what I can assemble. Um, so that was pretty cool. At uh, some long, cold, dark practice, we're kind of getting things together for this upcoming show on March 10th. So we got a set together. We have to kind of 
you know, fine tooth comb some stuff, refine some <laughs> some parts, and make sure everything's nice and tight with personnel and Doit. everyone and whatnot. Um, I'm not totally sold on busting out new material at this show, although it is possible, but I'm not sure if I actually want to do it or not. Because we do have a certain 10th anniversary show idea we're kicking around, so that might be seems like a better place to kind of give the people something new. But typically, when you do new material on the show, do you just do like one song? And yeah, that's it? yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we'll ease it in unless it's like the release show or something like that. In well, which case, yeah. we'll spring as many as we can. So we'll see. Um, right now, the new material song, uh, you know, count of what we can actually play together is probably two, maybe three songs. So all you right. Know, one of them might make an appearance. I wouldn't bank on it, but it's possible. It's good stuff, though. I'll tell you that. Um, I'm happy with it. Uh, Sunday, bloody Sunday. Well, actually, no. Okay, before before I get to Sunday, Saturday. In addition to that, had a quick and dirty uh, New Japan evening with Mr. J. Gelsomino and uh, our good friend Steve. And uh, not too much to report. Um, Okada is kind of going into full god mode, and okay. he's getting really cocky and jerky about it i wouldn't call it a heel turn but he's acting like a real grade a ass so it's 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 interesting um not a whole lot else to report from the event though um there was some fun matches though uh will osprey and uh takahashi put on a great match those guys are insane and just osprey especially can do things that i don't know how it's possible to do the man is is aerially gifted he's the aerial assassin and it shows because I, I, I cool he he lands the superhero pose out of a backflip you know in his sleep <laughs> i don't know how he does it but he does and he Sweet. makes it look easy so it was pretty pretty fun um Anyway, so that was uh, most of Saturday. Sunday, a pretty low-key affair Sunday. I did not really do a lot, and that was the intention, and I was very happy with it. Um, I went to Morpat for a few beers with the uh, the Pops, and uh, came home, and I just uh, made some some steaks and some uh, some dinner, and that was I, I took Sunday nice and easy. Yeah, first uh, first non-football Sundays, I was kind of so. What do I do now? Yeah, it was it was. Perfectly fine. I've been playing a lot of Secret of Mana in my my spare time as well. Ah. So um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I oh, I'm excited too because my eight bit dough, um, eight bit do, eight bit dough. I'm not sure how you pronounce their company name, but the receiver for my eight bit dough um, SNES Bluetooth controller came in for the classic. Cool. So I just tested that before you got here, and it works perfectly. So nice. No more cables dragged across my living room. I can well. Help. Those can, cables were never long enough to drag across a living room. I got the extension, sir. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing: playing with the extension <laughs> cables, and it's just not as fun as you remember as a child. Give me that sweet, <laughs> sweet wireless life. Yeah, and that's, that's where it's at. Uh, that is really about it. How's about you? Um, let's see. Thursday night was X-Wing night. X-Wing night went pretty well. Mm. Yeah, had some fun. Had is some, your luck ticking up? Um, You know, X-Wing night, people are uh, normal, like, Thursday night gathering. People are just kind of fooling around, trying different stuff, trying different builds and whatnot. So any victories I have that I just kind of take with, with you know. Did you have yeah. a victory? Oh, yeah, a couple. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, 
And then Friday nights, we had game night. Yes. Catan. Uh, Saturday, we had the tournament. And in a lot of my meantime during the week, I've been trying to get in as much Dragon Ball Fighter Z as I can. Mm, are you are you jump are you like jumping ship from Street Fighter? Well, no, I've always played multiple games, ah. especially fighting games. Um, I'm loving Dragon Ball Fighter Z. It's a crazy, lot of fun game. We had some good conversations about it that you'll hear in our bonus episode coming up. Um, I didn't, I, and obviously this is you know, obvious statement of the year. I didn't feel up to snuff to entering the tournament for Dragon Ball on Saturday. Mm. And as you can tell from my performance in the Street Fighter tournament, me saying I'm not ready for a Dragon Ball tournament, that's saying something because my performance in the Street Fighter tournament was god awful. Well, you, you you did run into a buzzsaw there, so, you know. Yeah, and I just, I'm very much out of practice. So, but I'm eager to kind of get back into the game because Playing in the tournament kind of gave me like the the kind of sparked the embers, gotcha. the fighting spirit again, mm. and uh, much to my joy and delight, uh, Blanca was announced yesterday. Uh, well, he's, he was announced previously, but his uh, his trailer came out yesterday, and oh, he looks crazy. Can I ask you a question about that? Yes, I don't know. I'm not following it closely like you are because it's not really my scene. But I saw a picture and I saw a thing. What is up with the with the bag costume? <laughs> it's an alternate costume. Why so, though? Um, I think they said it's a story mode costume, so we'll find out in a story mode. It's it's Kay. just hashtag because Japan. I, That's sure. extremely. But yeah, they uh sure. his his redesigned look is kind of cool. Like his hair is a little more crazy, and then his um like one of his alternate outfits is a costume of himself. But like a kitty stuffed animal version. That's what I was referring to. Yeah. The, the bag. Yeah, yeah. I get you. Um, our costume is like kind of a eagle design, which is kind of cool looking. And then there's another one, which is like the classic, you know, mm-hmm. original look. So, but yeah, he looks uh, he looks crazy fun. A lot of many, many blank balls being, being thrown about and such. All right. So I'm excited for that. And today, the new article came out from Fantasy Flight Games that's a new wave of X-Wing ships. Oh, ready your wallet. Yeah, no, it doesn't look to be too bad. Hopefully, some fixes for some Rebel ships that needed fixes very badly. Uh, the U-Wing and the original T-65 X-Wing, the classic trilogy X-Wing, um, are not very viable ships currently in the game. Hmm. And the one of the new things announced was... Um, like an, not really like an Aces pack, but like a, it's a pack where you get both a U-Wing and an X-Wing model and both of them and new upgrades for the ship. So hopefully they'll make them better and fix them. Hmm. The other one that I got announced for the Imperials was the, uh, the TIE Reaver. The, it was the one in Rogue One that, um, what's his name? The bad guy, uh, the, <laughs> the Commodore. Uh, uh, the one, yeah, the, the guy in the one, the, yeah, in the, the white with the cave, yeah, that guy, yeah, he, the one he flew on Scarif. I was kind of wondering if this thing, whatever, because it's a pretty cool design. Um, so I'm interested to see what that does. You know, I know it's a whole branding thing, and it it is it is what it is. 
Yeah. But like it's kind of like a rogue one way. Well, what I mean is, is like the, the, the rebels and the Alliance seem to have the X wing, the Y wing, the A wing, etc. They have several different models of ships. The Imperials really doubled down on that tie design. Like well, that's yeah. their jam. There's a that's lot of, it. There's a lot of different variants on it. There's and, no other yep. Imperial ships. Like we we're, we're really committed to this tie thing. Well, the the last wave that came out was the uh, the Alpha class Starwing from the Imperials, which is commonly referred to as the gunboat. Think of like a one man ship. Think of an Imperial shuttle. Make it like a one man ship design that carries a lot of ordnance. Okay, so, well that's, that's yeah. something. But by and large, they just yeah, they, they like their they like their straight up and down wing. A little dome ship. Well, no, the wing designs are very different from one tie to another, but I, I know what you're saying. Overall, though, yeah, yeah, that's they're they're very committed. Well, it's their their base, you know, twin ion engine. It, it, yep, yeah, works for them. It, it doesn't though. <laughs> <laughs> What's their track record? Anyway. So, um, I, this which brings us to last last night. I want to talk, since we're kind of on the subject of Star Wars, okay. I want to talk about the magic of Star Wars. Oh. It's it's something we often forget when we have a lot of our discussions about Star Wars. Um, for any of those who listen to the show know that a lot of times Drew and I differ on how we approach Star Wars and what we like about Star Wars. Um, but one thing I think we often forget to mention is the magic of Star Wars, which is I think is one of the things that have kept enduring for so many years. I saw evidence of this the other night. So, Julie is out. I'm at home with my almost two-year-old William. Mm -hmm. We'll be two next month. Uh, And we're playing around and whatnot. And I am flipping through channels because I want to find something other than the Olympics. Because I was all Olympic doubt. Okay. Julie loves Winter Olympics. I like them too. I like I like when there's hockey, but she the NHL li- decided to you know be lame this year and not send their athletes. So she, she likes everything. Yeah, you know curling. Uh, I a lot like of stuff curling. I get into curling. I like curling. Uh, luge is always awesome. Anything goes fast. I'm, I'm <laughs> I like the moguls because their their legs just go kind of crazy and then they jump and legs go crazy again and then they jump again and then we're done. Um, the skeleton. Someone might die. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um. So I'm flipping through channels. I come across TNT. I was like, oh, Star Wars is on. Original, episode four, New Hope, Star Wars. Ah. And my son's running around, playing like crazy. I put on Star Wars, and it's the scene where Han and Luke and Chewie are going up the elevator in Death Star. Mm-hmm. They're disguised as stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't going to work. Why didn't you say so before? I did say so before. Yeah. William stops dead in his tracks and starts watching Star Wars. Hmm. And does not move until a commercial comes on. Commercial comes on, he goes about his business, does all stuff. Star Wars comes back on, stops dead in his tracks, and is fixated on Star Wars. Now, today, and Julie came home, she saw, she's like, wow, you so your kid. And yeah, obviously you can make that joke, that's Jack and whatnot, but I think it just speaks to, there is something visually in star wars that just captures the mind of children sure sure and i saw that in action and it was so great to be reminded of it flash forward to this afternoon julie's like i'm getting ready to leave to come record the show and julie 
says, where are your Star Wars DVDs? And, you know, she goes over DVD shelf and grabs the, uh, the Blu-rays and she, goes, she pops in Star Wars. She's like, uh, just sit with them while she ran and grabbed her dinner. So I sat with William from like beginning of Star Wars. Kid did not move an inch. And not only that, there are two moments that I just absolutely loved. I mean, he's not like talking in full sentences, but he's, he's babbling a lot. Um, so when the Star Destroyer is capturing the Rebel Corvette yes. in the opening, yes. as it's closing in on the Corvette, William goes, uh-oh. <laughs> I just, my heart melted. And the next thing that happened, just, oh, man, brought brought a bit of a tear to my eye. When Luke ignites the lightsaber for the first time yeah he jolted ah there was like this little jolt is his precious little body i was just like this is why star wars is awesome this little moment right here strip everything else away from it the debates the the you know the fandom everything strip it all away from it you break down to its core element of what makes it endure it's that moment right there so you're saying that the end of The Last Jedi is pretty accurate in its depiction of Star Wars and its effect on children and their willingness to want to take the journey. Pretty much. It. Huh. Pretty, pretty much. That Ryan Johnson, what a hack. <laughs> Screwed up Star Wars. He doesn't get it. Oh, wait. I think he kind of nailed it, actually. He got it more than a lot of us. How do you like that? It's almost like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Okay, so that was my week. Dear listeners, if you'd like to tell us about your weeks, if you'd like to reach out to us, ask us any questions, share any comments with us, um, the, they will be right on the show. Uh, if you're new to the show, if you're you know joining us for the first time because you heard about us at the tournament, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so at the following locations. Uh, you can go to Twitter at Devil's Due Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com. Or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Due Podcast.com. And Drew, in a rare occasion for our show, we actually don't have any listener questions this week. I'm aghast. No questions or comments, but that's fine. That tells me that certain someones are sleeping on the job, as it were. <laughs> That's all right. Well, we'll we'll allow it this time. <laughs> so yeah, um, we always appreciate uh, follows and retweets and whatnot. It helps out our show. Absolutely does. Appreciate it. Spread um, the word. Had really really great event and at this past weekend the fighting game tournament. Just want to thank uh, Josh Lonzak and Brian Stone for allowing us to participate. And we had a really great experience with Game On Land. And stay tuned to possible uh, Devil's Due sponsored events coming in the future. There Oops. you go. Alrighty. Not so, the, all right. So we have no cross examination, which is Ooh. normally what we say when we have listener questions. So we will go right to the case files, which is our new segment of the week. We uh we got some some stuff. Yeah. Um. <coughs> Easy now. <coughs> Easy now. Excuse me. Still got that cough. Just doesn't want to go away. So, kind of staying in the vein of our conversation so far, focusing a lot around fighting games, the biggest tournament in the country, quite possibly in the world, 
which is Evo, E-V-O, um, announced its main lineup this past week. Um, its main lineup, uh, are, when I say main lineup, I mean uh, games that they will have on stream, uh, games that they're going to be showcasing. Um, these are like kind of the headliner games. There will be other games there, but these are the ones that are kind of the... These are the ones that matter. Yeah. (laughs) And so they announced the lineup. And this is the lineup, Drew. It is. Tekken 7. Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Injustice 2. Super Smash Brothers Wii U. Super Smash Brothers Melee. Guilty Gear Xard Revelator 2. Dragon Ball Fighter Z and Street Fighter 5. Drew. Huh. Did you notice something missing from there? Well, uh, Capcom did release a certain uh game that you know was partnered up with our good friends at a certain company that we tend to be fond of with the character library that we tend to cover on the devil's do uh marvel versus capcom infinite maybe yep it's yeah no nope nope okay it is not not in the main lineup it will be at the tournament sure sure sure, it's a secondary game um wow for the first time in 17 years since Marvel vs. Capcom 2, uh, there will not be a versus game in the main lineup. This is huge. This is a body blow to an already hurting game. Well, then, you know, good night, sweet prince. <laughs> we, uh, we got a couple different opinions on this at the fighting game tournament that, you'll again, you'll hear in the bonus episode. Um, one... One interpretation that I found particularly interesting that I didn't think of was that Disney wanted more control over how the game was presented and stuff like that doesn't fly in the fighting game community. I I mean... How do you control how it's... It's it's the game. They play the game. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Like, but what do you... Okay. Disney being Disney, gonna Disney. They let EA completely botch the Battlefront 2 release. Like, you know, how much. No, how how bad is Evo gonna screw up? It's. Like I said, I, I don't think it's likely, but I think it's a valid possibility. Okay. Uh, but that aside, uh, this game has been out less than seven, seven months now. Yeah. It's already discounted like crazy you can get it fairly cheap anywhere um there is player support out there for the game not as much as there was for the last one ultimate marvel versus capcom 3 um i think i think part of this is the the fighting game community and Evo organizers kind of sending a message to Capcom saying, make a better product. Well, that's a fair, that's fair then. Cause wasn't the game kind of rushed out anyway. And it's not that it was rushed out. It's just that it, 
the roster was bland. 90% of the roster was made up of the roster of the previous game. Mm-hmm. Very few new characters. And then they announced, which is quickly becoming kind of, even though it's expected, it's becoming uh, chagrined upon by the players. Uh, they announced the DLC characters, some DLC characters before the game was even out. That doesn't go over well. Yeah, that tends to never go. Um, Capcom seems to have a problem with that in a lot of games. <laughs> So yeah, the the visual presentation yeah it was is not not great. good not good. It's it's not that it's bad. It's just yeah. very bland. Yeah. Like you look at this game next to Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which you commented on the fighting game tournament. It look that game looks exactly like you would want a game like that to look. Yeah, like it's seamless. That is a seamless Dragon Ball experience, as it were. Yeah. Whereas Marvel vs. Capcom is a little more just, I don't know, it just doesn't look exceptional in any real way. Yeah. It, it exists. That's, that's, that's all I can really say about it. So we're currently in a second fighting game renaissance, second fighting game golden age, if you will. Sort of. And sure. th- Well, no, we're full-blown into it. It all kicked off in 2008 when Capcom released Street Fighter Four. Okay. Since Street Fighter Four, this has been Capcom's release. Street Fighter Four. Street Fighter X Tekken, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, less than a year after the first one came out, mm-hmm. and Street Fighter 5. Street Fighter That's 4, a good little run there. Street Fighter, well, Street Fighter 4, huge hit. Yeah. Street Fighter Cross Tekken, stumbled out of the block, found an audience, but not a huge one fizzled away fairly quickly. It's well, con- widely considered a failure. Okay. Also, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, great. Ultimate Marvel Ca- Marvel Capcom 3, still great, loved by players. Players kind of ticked off that it came out less than a year after the new game came out. Okay. Then you have Street Fighter 5. Yeah. We all know the problems with that at launch. It stumbled out of, uh, yeah. out of the gate. But the arcade mode now is good, right? The arcade mode is great. Okay. Almost two years after the game came out. Well, okay. Yeah. 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 And now Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, which is almost dead on arrival. So what should they do? <laughs> what can you know they what? do? I don't know. Because this this is tough because... Maybe not rest on your laurels so much. Maybe not bank on the fact that we're Capcom, so any fighting game we make is going to be great. Uh, You guys have been kind of humbled a couple times over the past couple years. Maybe it's time to just kind of get back to what made Capcom fighting games great to begin with, which is what they did with Street Fighter 4. And Street Fighter 4 had three or four editions that came out and that were all welcomed and you know, players got excited about it, and Street Fighter Four is still played in a lot of tournaments today. Um, but beyond that, yes, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom Three was a hit, but the other games have not had the success that past Street uh, Capcom fighting games have had. So I'm not 100 percent sure what they need to do. To get back on the ball. Well, 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's not my forte, man, but it seems like, uh, I don't know. How much room is there for these games to really, I don't know. Like, there's been so many of these of these games. Like, what what encapsulates or what, you know, constitutes one being that much better than the next iteration? Like, mechanics, I, how the game plays. I ask this question um, about sports games every year, too. It's like, what's different? What's, why do we, why do we need iterations so often like what was wrong with the last one you know well i think that's that's what i'm getting at i agree with you there i think with sports games like you're confined if you're making a sports simulator more or less you're confined to the realm of the real whereas with fighting games you can kind of no i get that but i mean if if everyone agrees like hey man street fighter fought or four or whatever is is dope well then do we need five to come out so soon? And do we need it to be? It wasn't like, that soon. Street Fighter two thousand eight and Street Fighter uh, five came out in two thousand sixteen. So oh, okay. Well, that's yeah, that's a good run there. All right, fair enough. But yeah, I I, just, I don't know. Like, what do the, the developers have to know? Like, you know, when they're developing the game, like. Yeah, it's just not clicking the way I want it to. But is is the, is the business side basically dictated? Like, well, too bad it's got to be out. So normally, I would say get the players involved in development, but they've been yeah. doing that, and it's well, I don't uh, know what to say about it. It's, it's yeah. that's tricky, tricky business. But yeah, we'll see uh, what if any the future of Marvel will be because I know that there well, are still unannounced DLC characters. So we'll see. Like, I don't think. Dropping new characters on top of this thing doesn't sound like the way to go. Yeah. Although if they had, you know, uh, uh, a Daredevil uh, Defender DLC pack, pack yeah. I don't play these games, but I might be... I, I, <laughs> my, my spider sense would perk up a little bit like, oh, Daredevil, you say? If they came out with like... Bullseye, you say? If they came out with three or four like really cool characters, I might pick up a copy. Okay. Just to have it. Just because like, I can get it for dirt cheap. Fair enough. If it was still like full price, if they were still trying to get 60 bucks for it, I'd be like, yeah. 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 All right. So that's that. Let's move on to some more show, directly show relevant stuff. Uh, there was a somewhat plot outlined leak this week for the Punisher season two. You got very excited about this. I did. So the word, the rumor is there's conflicting rumors now, though, Carl, which I'm a little perturbed about. But then again, I'm considering the source. So I'll get to that in a second. The first report that I read uh, said that they are casting for season two right now. It's going to start shooting soon, I think. Um, and allegedly they are going to be adapting the arc that basically any Punisher fan of the last 15 years would tell you is probably the, their favorite, probably their favorite. <laughs> and uh, certainly one that is going to delve into some really heavy-duty subject matter. And when I say the best way to portray Frank is as a monster who preys on bigger, worse monsters, and that's why you can relate or root for him, that's this arc, and that arc is the Slavers. Uh, the Slavers was the third or fourth arc in the uh, Garth Ennis uh, Punisher Max series. And... If they're going that route, oh boy, you, you we are going to see punishment. <laughs> you see Frank being Frank. Oh, and how. Yes. Now, that's all well and good. Then I saw a report from CBR. By the way, CBR, 
I love how they're just CBR now. They're not comic book resources anymore. They're CBR. You have mentioned this in the past. Because they don't want to be associated with comic books. They want to just be this entertainment dumping ground loosely affiliated with comic And all they post now is clickbait garbage list articles. Eight Marvel Cinematic Universe costumes that worked and five that didn't. Right. Like, dude, stop. Like, you used to be somewhat of a respectable outlet. Now I just look at you and I'm like, if if you're 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 a you're a tabloid at best now, it's pretty pathetic actually. Where, anyway, where, anyway, where, let me just quick side. Where CBR would you, side there. Where would you direct the listener to for like good solid comic news and genre news? I think Newsarama actually does a better job at covering strictly comic books than CBR okay. does these days. Um, of course, Newsarama has is also guilty of the list things but they're pretty yeah. they're pretty straightforward with with their just being comic book news articles um more so than cbr which mixes in a lot of tv and movie stuff news around is a little more focused um love him or hate him rich johnson over at bleeding cool uh he covers the industry pretty well and it's it can be gossipy and whatnot but he he is very uh dedicated to the comic book medium so you're not going to be getting too much fluff over there. Uh, he doesn't need me to need me to shill for him, but you know, I I, I will because it's a, a resource that I use from time to time. Um, so anyway, that's my CBR kind of aside, but th- they were a source of this next bit of information that I was kind of like, you're reaching here and you're reaching for a silly reason. So th- they also came out and said that. There's possibly another avenue they're going to go for for season two, and it's not the slavers. They're mm-hmm. actually going to go the welcome back Frank route, and they're going to have him go up against the, the uh, have Frank go up against the Nucci crime family. Who, if you recall, in the first episode, I believe, of the Punisher, yeah, uh, he killed some of <coughs> the Nucci's guys in that card game. So they've Remember? kind of set the stage for it a little bit. You can very look at, roundabout way. You could look at it as either a wink, wink to the fans yeah or cbr is looking at it like this is what the sequel is gonna the second season is gonna be and it's like well that's not what you said in your previous piece and now you're just speculating and you're putting it out there as clickbait articles and i not only that but like i kind of don't want them to take that approach because i want them to do the slaver arc because i think it would be insane but in any case slavers uh, was warren ellis Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis, yep. Well, you can see how good the names <laughs> Um, I don't know if Ellis has ever done a Punisher arc, to be honest with you. I don't think he has. I think that's one he has not tackled. Hmm. Um, doesn't doesn't really meet Warren Ellis's sensibilities. But anyway, um, my, only, my only concern <laughs> with the Punisher season two is... Uh, how Punisher season one ends. So we're not going to talk about that just yet because we have a couple episodes to go. But uh, boy, based on the way season one ends, I don't know how we're going to get to a season two exactly. So um, yeah, question. we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. Evidently, we will. I don't know how, but we'll see, I suppose. So yeah, um, that's that's what's up. Please do the slaver arc and don't hold back. If they don't hold anything back, it's it, it's for it's very sure to 
make us all wonder what is the line of content on these shows? Because I honestly don't know. Yeah. Who's drawing the line? Because you've got... I don't think there's a line necessarily that Netflix enforces. I think, if anything, it'll be like what Marvel enforces. Well, then Marvel's apparently okay with, with impalement, blood, gore, headshots, violence, the likes of which you will never see in the MCU... You just can't say the F word. Yeah, I think... Oh, I mean, and uh, no nudity. Well, hang on, correction. You can get some some occasional dudity you can get, from, from, the, from behind. You can get dude butt. But that's it. Yeah. These are very arbitrary lines to draw. And I don't... You know, I'm not advocating like, I wanted to see Electra naked. Or, no, that's not what I mean. I'm just, yeah. I'm just wondering, like, what are the guidelines? Who makes them? And why? Yeah. Because if you're going to do the slaver arc, things are going to get really heavy duty really quick. And I don't mean like gratuitous, you know, nudity. I mean like subject matter and depictions of really horrific acts. And I, if they go for it, it's good. Do it and make, make people seriously take, you know, stand up and take notice and make them think about this kind of stuff. Yeah. But if they're going to be restricted by it, then it's going to lose its luster or be, it could be seen as exploitive. I don't know exactly, but it, it's, it's, it's a heavy-duty arc. And if you're going to do it, do it. And don't hold back. That's, that would be my preferred way to go about it. But yep. we'll see. That might also scare the crap out of people that think Punisher is uh, a good guy, which is kind of a weird situation that we find ourselves in here. Yeah. So, uh, last week, we had a very uh, trailer-heavy show because it was the show after the Super Bowl, and Super Bowl is always kind of heavy premiere trailer time. But we got a new trailer this week, Drew. We got a trailer for Tom Hardy the movie. <laughs> the Tom Hardy experience. The Tom Hardy experience. Um, the the code name for this film, I guess, is Venom. Um, Venom. It's I guess it's supposed to be based on Spider-Man character Venom, but you could have fooled me because there was no Venom in the trailer. Yeah. Now a lot of people are saying it's a teaser. It's not supposed to show a lot. You know what? Yes, to a point, you are right. Teasers should simply tease. That's what their purpose is. Yeah. But yes. But if you this is not Marvel Studios, this is Sony. This is Sony. Sony Correct. does not have the cachet that Marvel no. has. They've not built up the good credit and good faith that Marvel has. They have bad credit. Marvel can show me a teaser for something like Black Panther, not show Black Panther at all, and I'm still going to be there because it's Marvel Studios, yeah. and they've earned that. Sure. Sony Studios has just burnt down one thing after another. They have their own little dumpster fire going. Well, they were um, smart enough to at least throw some uh, some Marvel Studios backed uh, 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 tarp over it. Yeah, they're smothering the flames with 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 Marvel Studios uh, Teflon. But for a character like this, a character who is. Um, predominantly a visual character. He's only a visual character. I'm I, I sorry. I wouldn't say that. I know you're not a fan of the character, but the character, when done right, is actually a very good character. Um, but it's like this 
teaser just looked like the most bland, generic, fill-in-the-blank action film. There is nothing about this. Was there even action gets, in the trailer? It was just yeah, there were like cars of, flipping over uh, and whatnot. Okay, I just saw Tom Hardy sweating in a, in, in, on a table for yeah, for, it, for thirty seconds there, of the trailer. There's nothing in this trailer that gets me excited for a movie that I was not excited about to begin with. And yeah. that's saying a lot because Spider-Man's my all-time favorite character. Yeah. You got to give people something to go on, especially with this character who, again, I'm sorry, he's largely, if not primarily, a visual character. Venom is not really like, you know, he's just not that deep. His biggest arc was in his first appearance when Eddie Brock, who hated Peter Parker, met up with the symbiote who hated Spider-Man. And the twain shall meet and, hey, Dark Mirror Spider-Man. That's great for an arc. After that, it gets dicey, and yeah, it gets they, dicey for like two decades. They started to, to flush him out a bit, and they developed him. Did and anybody? I, I don't really care, though. Like, yeah, a lot you of know, people did. You may not have, and that's fine. But a lot of people did, and he's a legitimate character now. They finally have Eddie back with the symbiote. It's not. It's finally venom proper back in comics. i didn't it's even not, i didn't even know it's so, not like flash thompson venom space knight all the crap there i know that that was all silly but he's um, te- he's he's eyes and teeth in a black in a black yeah, costume and you gotta That's like what he is. You so you gotta, gotta show, show me that you gotta you gotta show me something right as and, as as it is that trailer is completely underwhelming yeah and now there's all the well you got the, it's kind of in the mc no it's not yeah, no it's not no people, it's not. i've heard numerous people say that tom holland spider-man will be in this movie you know who i haven't heard say tom holland spider-man will be in this tom movie? Holland or kevin feige <laughs> disney or marvel <laughs> yeah neither one of them have said tom holland spider-man will be in this movie yeah if one of them come out and say it i will be okay. slightly interested but again, I'll have to see something that gets me excited. Yeah, I. And and what's the what's the tie? It, like Tom Hart or Tom Hardy is clearly you know a grown man. <coughs> yeah, Tom Holland is in high school. Yep. It's Why not- would he hate this kid? Like if we're if we're if we're going by the classic origin, and I don't know what else you could really can I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I guess they there. I didn't read the ultimate version of the character, but I guess they changed his origin a lot. <sighs> yeah, that's what Ultimate did. Thanks, Bendis. Um hey, Bendis has d- done a lot more good than he has bad. So I mean has he though? <laughs> yes he has. I, as a guy who loves his Daredevil run, has he though? <laughs> yes he has. Okay. Um so yeah. So there was that. Venom. He did give us Superman's trunks back, so big ups. Yep. <laughs> Venom coming out at some point to the desires of dozens. <laughs> um, there are dozens of us. Dozens of fans. Patiently, possibly even hundreds. We'll, we'll see. Show me yeah. the costume and we'll talk. I, yeah. I Until then, you're not getting my butt in the seat. I'm sorry. So... I think even after they show the costume, they're not getting your butt in the seat. You're not no. going to see this movie. No, I'm not. You're right. So, whatever. So, speaking of dumpster fires, uh, it's been a it's been a while since we've been able to visit the uh, the Devil's Due Town tire fire that never gets extinguished. the The DC movie universe. Well, there's 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 uh you know there's some there's some things happening <laughs> over there. Things are happening. Wonder Woman uh, 2 is, is coming along. Yeah. 
That's ta- that's actually a thing. Shazam started filming. That's yep. actually a thing. For for those of you who might be new to the sh- show, um, I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. Drew liked it. That's about it. It was um, fine. Which is a step up for most of DC's output. Yes. Everything else, we're just, no. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Um, and, to be fair, we want these movies to be good. Competition breeds quality. Yes, it does. Good DC movies means better Marvel movies. And better Marvel movies means better DC movies. Exactly. Well, in theory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but DC just hasn't been holding up their end of the bargain. Case in point. Story comes out. Oh, Oh, yeah, um, I think I know where you're going here. Yeah, we they announced that there was a solo Joker movie. In the oh, that, oh, okay. Well, we'll get to the other. There's other things, but yeah, yeah this and remember, they, remember that. And, remember DiCaprio? Yeah, <laughs> Martin Scorsese, DiCaprio doing Joker movie. Well, go on. DC fans, hundreds of them across the country went crazy. All of them. All hundred of them. There's more than that. Unfortunately, um, there's a lot more. It was revealed that they are currently in talks with Joaquin Phoenix to play the Joker uh, yeah. in a standalone Joker film. Not Jared Leto, who they established as Joker in Suicide Squad. Right. Well, I think we've, esta- I think we've already figured out that they're, they look to be running away from the shared universe concept. Possibly, and just kind of saying, okay, we're gonna just gonna do this, and and that's, hey, look, fine. Just if it if that if making these little standalone joints means you're gonna make good standalone joints, fine, because trying to force this universe thing clearly isn't working for you. Yeah. So, but Carl, I'm confused. I thought DiCaprio was supposed to be in the running for this solo well, that, Joker. That film. was always just. Hearsay and conjecture. So now we've moved on from DiCaprio. Now we're on to Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix, yes. Joaquin Phoenix. Who is, in all respects, a fantastic actor. He is. How old is Great he? Great actor. He's he's about 10 years too old for the part, I think. So how come they're calling it, you know, they? how come I keep reading that they want to make it a young Joker movie? Like his origins or, or his early days. But they're casting, or they seem to be eyeing casting it guys who are in their 40s. Because Drew... Warner Brothers is making these DC films, not DC. Unlike Marvel, yeah, who makes her own stuff now, kind of with you know Disney's oversight, but predominantly Marvel makes their own stuff. Yeah, I think they get they get a lot of leeway. Yeah. This is this is what Warner Brothers is still kind of stuck in a pre two thousand eight world. I just don't get the idea that you want to make a young Joker movie, but you're going to cast these old dudes. If yeah. you want to shoot okay. young, shoot young. Yeah. Didn't Warner Brothers make Harry Potter? Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah. You know how to cast kids. <laughs> like, get 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 someone else. Get Daniel Radcliffe in there, for God's sake. I mean, you, 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 he has a built-in audience of his own, for God's sake. I, mean, I, I don't I, care. I, I, yeah, I'd watch Daniel Radcliffe as the Joker. There sure. you go. Sure. Why not? I, I Sure. Make it happen. I mean, he's in his, probably in his 30s now, but still younger than Joaquin But Phoenix. he's still perceptively like Yeah, he still young, looks young. You yeah. know? So, I don't know. Whatever. So, yeah. That, um, that's that. And then, uh, uh, this is much more, I mean, it was confirmed that, yes, they're talking to Joaquin Phoenix. This next story is purely rumor, unconfirmed, but 
plays upon a lot of suspicions a lot of us have had. It does. And it says that uh, Zack Snyder was reportedly fired from the DC movie universe as a whole before Justice League even came out. And before he stepped down to be with his family in the wake of his daughter's suicide. So, in other words, he was let go. They kept it quiet until he could kind of publicly make a statement to get himself out. Rumor. Rumor. Now, here's the thing, Carl. Ultimately, there are no winners in this scenario because... There really isn't. Justice League wasn't going to be good no matter what. I, I'm convinced of that. I have I have seen Zack Snyder's body of work, and I can tell you it would not have been good had he stayed on. Plus, most of the movie in general was not that good anyway. So I don't it know. Had who, moments. It moments. Had it things, did. It, if you go back and listen to our review, we're not crapping on it the whole time. No. there. I still sit here and think about parts of that movie where I'm like, that could have been cool in a better movie. That part, that, that costume, that location, that set, that Gotham. All of that could have worked in a much better movie. Yeah. This was not that movie. No. Anyway. Um, so my point is, had he stayed on, it would have stunk, right? Yes. So they let him go. But now the movie stunk again. It stunk anyway. We yeah. couldn't fix it either. But you now you've got this rabid vocal minority fan base that insists that this firing or Snyder cut or whatever how you know Snyder is now like he's already kind of been like made into this martyr yeah by these fans this is only going to fuel those flames yep and again I it's just not good for anyone like I don't know and I really don't I doubt sincerely that a honest to god cut of the movie by Zack Snyder really exists there's probably some unfinished scenes there's probably a rough cut, a rough assembly. Yeah, they they released, but a complete film, no way. They I, released like a deleted scene. I guess it's gonna be on a Blu-ray or whatnot that shows Superman going through the Kryptonian ship, and it shows the Superman black, black costume. costume, which we saw on Instagram back in the. And we wondered yeah. why it never showed up. Fair enough. Yeah, but a complete film, I doubt. Yeah, exists. I don't think so. so take that aside, though. Because you can't tell the people that believe it does that it doesn't because they they don't want to hear it. So now that they hear that Snyder was fired for, you know, whatever reason, they're just going to it's it's just going to be more for them to hold him up as this. I don't know. Miss miss misunderstood uh, genius who wasn't allowed to complete his masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, there are people who which is ridiculous, but who just die on the hill of Zack Snyder's vision for the DC cinematic universe. And I get that everyone likes what they like, but it's just it's it's over and done with. Time to time to move on. Yep, which we're gonna do. Online petitions are ruining everything. I should know. I started one once, <laughs> but actually, mine worked. <laughs> so we'll move on from that, though. Okay, those are so, weird times. Yeah, um, that's about it for our news this week. Unless oh. you can think of anything else. Um. No, I don't think I've got much else to go on here. So let's not drag things out. All righty. So that um, closes up the case files, which brings us on to the rustling of the papers. 
means we're getting out our notes to discuss episode seven of the Punisher Crosshairs. I see what they did there. What'd you think of this episode, Drew? Um, hmm. Not. Kind of another lull. There's action in this episode. And that's that's good, but it's not the full-blown... Uh, <laughs> oh, dogs are... Yeah, they apparently liked it more than I did. Um, I don't know. Uh, we got a lot of subterfuge and infiltration in this episode. So um, there's a lot of quiet... As, as, as that might sound surprising, given the audio you hear right now. There's a lot of quiet moves happening, and there's a lot of strategizing happening in this episode. Which is fine. Tactical, fr- tactical Frank is tactical. Um, but likewise, there are moves being made against, uh, Madani now and her countering the moves with her discovering the bug in her office. There's, you know, the pieces are starting to get put into place of what's going on overall. And that's all good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, this episode was kind of cliche. Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't think it's really cliche. I think it's. Kind of feels like another filler episode. And I don't think it's... I think a lot of it depends on how are we approaching the perspective of what we wanted out of the show. Because I think to expect nonstop action every episode would not make for a good show. No, no. You need world building and character building and you yeah. need to set the plot in motion and whatnot. And we get some good character. We get some good like relationship building in this episode between Frank and Micro. Sure. They got a couple of like nice little moments. Um, we learn more about Rollins' relationship with Billy Russo. We do. Uh, it seems to be contentious. Yeah, which is it's, tricky considering that they're you know in business together and relying on each other. <laughs> it's it's kind of a you scratch my back, I scratch yours, but we both have guns pointing at each other. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The the Badani gets flushed out a little bit with. You know, we have another developing relationship between her and Stein. Yeah, um, yeah. We have Lewis kind of taking the steps to be the character he's going to be for the next couple episodes. Well, I think we know who he is now. He's after he killed O'Connor. He's he is unhinged. Um, yeah. He's, he also reminds. <laughs> he also just kind of finally breaks in this episode. He does. We he get def- that scene in his bedroom after he comes home. Yeah. Um, he's also like, uh, is it me or I, I have to check the casting, but is he the kid from Empire Records? No, he's not. Oh, I know what you're talking about. He's not. <laughs> Stop I, calling me Warren. My name is freaking Warren. Yeah, it's Warren. <laughs> he's in the Punisher now. What are you doing, Warren? That's <laughs> a great movie. It is a great movie. Fantastic. Oh, remember record stores? Yeah. Remember rock music? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, remember, remember Renee Zellweger before she she ruined her face. Spoilers, folks. We're old. We are old. Well, I'm old. Drew's oldish. I'm 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 coming up. I'm chasing you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not far in the rearview mirror, mm. man. Uh Empire Records. What a good movie. Rex Manning Day. When does Rex Manning show up in a Marvel movie? <laughs> Not the actor, the character. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. yes. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. What movie would you want him to show up in? Oh. Put him 
even Doctor Strange. Sure. He could fit there somehow. Yeah. Eh, that'll work. So let's talk about Lewis. Uh, Lewis kind of uh, opens the episode. Yeah. Question. It's kind of coming home, no shirt on, cold. I get that his dad loves him. Yeah. But dude comes home in 30 degree weather with no shirt, a, a cut wound on his abdomen, and his hands are still kind of covered in blood. And dad's just kind of like, oh, hi. Hi. Like, he here's sees some coffee. It, but clearly pretends not to see it. Dude, like, look. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I get it, man, but. Between that and the scene later on when they're watching the old Ali fight. Sure. It, dude, it's tough. It's it's tough to. I know it's his son. I, you know, yeah. but like, blood on the hands. I know. I know. It's like, you don't. You don't want to admit how broken your child could possibly be. Sure. Especially when he comes from a place similar to that, because it's discussed like he was a nom and, you know, they lost their mother. And so he kind of gets what's going on. I don't think he understands the extent. I think he's, I think he's just kind of thinking it's a extended readjustment period. I don't think he realizes how broken Lewis is. I, I agree with you, but again, like, that's fine. But when he comes home with blood all over him... Yeah, the father's definitely dad, making choices. Dude. He's, like, ma- he's making choices, and they're not good choices. It's you know, it's one thing to be concerned about, about his well-being based on his behavior and how yeah. he... You know what I mean? But, but he, he, hi, Dad. Look here. Shake, shake my hand. It's covered in blood. Like, dude, are you going to even ask whose blood it is? Like, yeah. something... I don't know. It's it's that's a little, I don't think it's a little want, spooky. Yeah, I don't think he wants the answer to those questions. He just wants to, you know, like pretend that things are getting better. And- yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I still think the character of Lewis is is a. Uh, it's it is it's it's good. I think it's it, a good character. It's a tragic character because um, we see like you know the road he goes down in this episode. Yeah. So spoilers for the end of the episode or towards it anyway. He's he you know. He's, all, he's already killed O'Connor. Now he's making a bomb. Yeah. How would he know how to do that? He's military trained. So they teach him how to make improvised pressure cooker bombs in the military? I'm sure if he was deployed in Afghanistan, he would have to learn how to recognize, disarm, dismantle. Okay. I don't know, both. but it just yeah. seems like a little like, huh, okay. I'm sure between military training and what you could find on the internet nowadays. Fair enough. It's probably mm-hmm. not that hard. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he just kind of has a moment where... He breaks and has, for better or worse, and clearly in this case it's worse, has a moment of spiritual revelation when he has the gun in his mouth and just decides, okay, this is my course now. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. Heavy stuff. It really is. I mean, this this series, for its faults, deals with a lot of uh, serious problems going on today. I mean, not only with our vets, with with anyone who's experienced uh, post traumatic stress disorder, um, and it really it handles it head on with no kid gloves, and I that's one thing I really respect about it. Yeah, I I I, I sometimes do wonder what it's trying to really say, and if it's you know 
if it sticks the landing, as it were, but it doesn't shy away from topics. I'll, I'll give it that much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think each series has kind of picked its topic to address. Maybe not so much Daredevil, but Daredevil, Jessica no. Jones and Luke Cage. Like, Luke Cage addresses race in yes, a lot of ways. very much. That something like Luke Cage in the past would not do. Sure. Uh, Jessica Jones addresses trauma, trauma recovery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like rape recovery, essentially. Um, and does it in a not pretty, very realistic way. And this show is kind of addressing, you know, veterans, how we're, you know, not taking care of our veterans and a lot, of, you know, PTSD in general. Sure. Where I get, where I get cautious with that, though, is bringing that up and stuff and making it your central theme is fine, but I worry that the audience might conflate that to say that Frank is just another vet with PTSD and that's what, yeah. and I think that there needs to be a very clear, it needs to be made very clear in my opinion and in, in, in the history of the comic anyway, that's really not what it is. And yeah. he doesn't like falling back on that either. He just is. And, and it's not that he doesn't believe in it. No. Like, he he specifies in Daredevil Season 2. Right, right, when, right, right. When, when uh, Karen and Fogg are saying we're going to go with the PTSD defense, he's like... He scoffs at it. He scoffs at it because he says it will lessen the guys who already... Who legitimately have it. Right. So, he knows it's a thing. He recognizes it as a legitimate condition. He also just recognizes that he does not have it. This is simply who he is. He could be in denial, but you know what I, you know what I mean? Like that's I want I need the show to make it clear like he doesn't he just doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, we're, this is his life's work now and that's it. And he knows it and he acknowledges it and he's okay with it. I think looking at the show as a whole it's it's getting us to the frank we want to see but it's taking <laughs> it's taking a very long time to do it and i think legitimately possibly a more realistic way of doing it than you can do it in a comic fair that's fair i mean they they have to kind of follow different rules than a comic does we're going to come up later in a few episodes yeah. from now yeah yeah and i'm going to have things to say about all of that um in the meantime, Frank, we are getting some background, like Frank's moral code, if you will. He's got to infiltrate a military base. Got to get to Morty. He's got to get to Morty. We'll talk about Morty. Oh, oh we'll talk about Morty. <laughs> and Frank has qualms about killing soldiers and whatnot. Yeah, this is like, all fairly in character for Frank, um, in the comics anyway. He doesn't, he won't kill soldiers or police or what or you know air quotes innocence if if you're guilty you're dead if you're not guilty stay out of the way basically yeah so that is in character that he would be reluctant to assault a soldier and as luck would have it he will have to yes that kid isn't okay frank is damn lucky that the script called for the most pathetic soldier <laughs> in the world to be 
in that place at that time. I, I wouldn't say pathetic soldier. I'd say scared kid who's probably, this is the first time he's probably ever come up across an enemy combatant. And it's probably been a good while since he's been on a basic and, you know, stationed at home, just doing guard duty on a base where nothing happens. I got a feeling in real life that situation goes down much differently. Well, yeah. Call but, it a hunch. <laughs> that kind of irked me. But, but uh, Frank, Frank winged him. He did, and Frank gets away, so yeah. fair enough. Um, I have to say, in a lot of this, the, the other thing I noticed in this episode, um, as much as I'm a Frank is a solo kind of guy in the comics, he's at his best when he's on his own, because people who work with him tend to not last long. Uh, Frank and Micro make quite a team with the it's, drone. Yeah, it's... <laughs> That very, drone is helpful. Very Metal Gear Solid S. It is, <laughs> and it, it's it's they they do good work together. Um, yeah, I like the the Frank and Micro dynamic in this show as a whole. But it, I will we get say a, it we is get good. a couple good moments out of it in this episode um, because it's not always buddy buddy. No, and it's not like it's you know contentious starting out and then gets better. They go back and forth throughout the entire season. They do. Um, and, like, we have two clear examples of that in this episode. First is when Micro questions whether or not Frank is going to kill Morty when that's not the mission. Right. And then later on, they're just kind of talking about how what's well, going to be like when Micro gets back together with his family. And they've got, like, a good good moment there. And just, like, you know, great moments like when Micro made the sandwich didn't make Frank one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably one of the show's better relationships. Uh, actually, yeah, it, it it works very well. Which it's one of the more enjoyable aspects of the show, which is interesting considering I, you know, again as a Punisher kind of purist, I wouldn't expect Frank to have friends, as it were. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Frank also, you know, he gets to have his little moment where he pontificates on authority, um, and like you know the military and and there's a trust with troops and he hates these guys in positions of power that are kind of abusing that authority and that's all fine but again my my problem with it though is like yeah that's all perfectly fine stuff for punisher the soldier character that he's being portrayed here but like i'd rather he be you know taking out a room of mobsters or you know Drug cartels or something. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I think that they're giving him very defensible positions in this yeah. show, and that's fine. But I, I don't, I don't think a pure comic book Frank Castle works in like a movie or a television show because <sighs> the mediums are so different it can but they chose not to go for it <laughs> i don't i because you have to if you're gonna have a and this is big air quotes when it comes to frank protagonist right there has to be something likable about him and you can't have a pure frank castle from the comics because he's not likable in the comics. You understand the character. You understand what he's doing. But he's not like a quote-unquote likable character. Like if you if you have that in a film or a television show. Then kind of. You know if you like this person. What does that say about you? I get all that. But making him soft. Er. 
takes away from it for me. Yeah, but again, it also goes back. I think they're taking a much longer route of getting us to a pure Frank Castle, pure comic book Frank Castle than we're used to in this. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about Morty. Oh, Morty. Oh, Morty. Here's where I get into cliches. Okay. It's I find actually I find some of Frank's speeches in this to be a little cliche. Um, again, I'm happy that the show was bringing these things up, but it's kind of like, yeah, you know, Frank. Frank has to think about what it means to fight a soldier or whatever. Frank doesn't like the military being used by corrupt it's like yeah this is I all mean, this is all very they're all valid points there's really only two characters that can say this stuff it's either frank castle or steve rogers and steve rogers ain't getting his hands this dirty in the no in no the no movies. i get that but it's just all very this is all well-tread ground and you're not it's you're not blowing see, my mind here here's the thing where that you have to think of it's well-tread ground for us because we've been reading this character for years this is a new introduction of this character to a lot of people who a don't read comics or b didn't watch Daredevil season two. Yes, so I'm some of, of this things. ground has to be retread, much to our chagrin, having known this stuff for years. But this character has to have a broader appeal now. That's fine. While we're dwelling on cliches, Morty, buddy, <laughs> Morty's getting stuff hooked up to his junk, like. So because he's a, you know, he's one of the bad guys, we got to make him some kind of weird sex pervert too. Like, this is all very, this is not, this is, this is, this is writing 101. This is not the 201, 301 level. We are, yeah. we are at the baseline of cliche here. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a mistress. He's got a fetish. He's got a dominatrix. Yeah. And, and he likes the, the ball gag and, and all this stuff. And it's like, and all right, I get Car battery I get to, the, yeah. to the male genitalia. Right. I, I get it. I got yeah. it. I got it. But there, there were ways they could have gone about it. Well, it's just, it's lazy. You know what I mean? It's like, it's lazy shorthand for whatever. And it's like, you know what? Some people are into this stuff and they're normal people. So why don't we, maybe not the battery, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's just crazy talk. But, you know. Hey man, if you want to get stepped on with high heels and whatnot, that's that's your business. I'm not gonna, and that doesn't mean you're some kind of psychopath or whatever. I don't know. You do you do you do you. But if it's, it just feels a little lazy. Is all is all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, also, Morty, you're clearly you know in league with some bad dudes, right? And you know this, so maybe you shouldn't be so gung ho. And not even bat an eye when they say, we're going to give you a new identity, a new passport, yada, yada, go run away and start a new life. And he's like, okay. I'm good. Like, dude, I know you're in league with some, you're you're in deep with some tough stuff, but some human emotion there says like, wait, I'm going to what now? I'm going to go leave the country and not me, me anymore. You know what I mean? No, I get what you're saying. That's some heavy life stuff, isn't it? Rollins kind of preferences it by saying, like, as we talked about, or, I mean, so this plan, this is not like a shoot from the hip plan, it seems like, but no, I get what you're saying. It just, he's, he's way too eager to just be like, okay, um, I'm not Morty anymore. I'm Steve. <laughs> like, Steve. Not really, man. And then, again, him and Billy, clearly not kosher, right? No. 
So he takes Bi- him to this Billy's, dump. Billy's clearly a fan of the video game Assassin's Creed. Yeah, right. Oh, we'll talk about that. He takes him to this dump. And from the minute he opened the door, if I'm Morty, if I'm any sort of intelligent Crap. military guy, mind you, right? He's, he served. From the second... Here's what I don't get. I'm not getting in the car with Russo. From the second I see the dead hooker, I'm drawing my gun and I'm shooting. That too. But even before that, I'm talking the whole thing. Now, Walking granted, up the with stairs. Morty, I'm sure this isn't the first time he's seen a dead hooker. No, no, no. Yeah. Probably not. But like... You know. Well, CIA safe house. What do you what do you expect from it? You've seen the movies. I, These places are normal, normally dumps. Rollins has the only good one. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm just... Well, come on, Morty. Come on. <laughs> you should have known... Morty. I knew what Morty! Was, right. <laughs> I knew what was happening the minute you walked up those stairs. I, like, as a viewer, I knew. I've seen this before. Come on, Morty. Well, Morty goes night-night. Yeah. Billy. Assassin's Creed style. That thing looks dangerous, by the way. Well, yeah, it's a knife. But I mean, you could hurt yourself with it, I would think, pretty easily. Well, I think there's certain, only certain ways you can trigger it. But I mean, even once it's out, like you move your hand the wrong way. Well, just don't do that. Well. <laughs> it's kind of like putting your hand in front of the barrel of the gun when you're firing it. It's in the heat of the moment. We got to have some common sense stuff here, people. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Bloody, bloody. Billy kills Morty. Stabby, stabby. Lots of stabby. Yep. Night, and then night. Frank shows up at the big fancy house. He's got uh, Rollins dead to rights. And surprised to see that is Rollins. Yeah. And then he pulls the trigger. Pink. Pink. That's some strong glass. Yeah. And why didn't Frank just take a second shot? Would not have gone through a second now. I mean, I'm no ballistics expert. I am not an expert on means. ballistics. I am not an expert on bulletproof glass, but I would imagine that that glass was severely compromised after the first shot hit it. You shoot it enough, wouldn't it eventually I would, penetrate? I think. And I it all don't depends know. on like what caliber bullet you're using. Well, that's the other thing. Like I'm thinking, that's like a, from that range, fifty cal. That's a, that was a serious gun. Yeah, I'm. I'm shocked the glass stopped that. To be honest with you, but yeah. What do I know about ballistics? Not much, apparently. And uh, Rollins then sets the alarms and sticks the dogs on him, and Frank Frank is on the run. So onward we go to episode eight. Yep. <sighs> yeah, overall, um, plot developing pieces. It's, it's it, There's a lot of uh, calculated moves in this show. With some breaks for action, yeah, and that's that's fine. I get maybe that maybe we're being too hard on it. I don't know. I think the it's show fine. could do with about twenty percent more action. Okay, that's fair. That's totally fair. So, yeah. All right, all right. There we go. So uh, that wraps it up for us this week on Devil's Due. We thank you very much for joining us, especially if you're a first time listener. If you would like to reach out to us, send us any questions or comments to be read on the show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Devil's Due Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Due Podcast.com. Drew, any closing thoughts? Ah, uh, no, man. That's about it. I've got a busy, man. We got Black Panther in like two days. Yeah. Um, I'm so also going next to see. It is going to be a Black Panther review. Yeah. Got a machine head tomorrow too. Ooh. That's 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 nice and romantic for Valentine's Day. 
We're going to the Machine Head concert. Is Jen going with Of you? course she is. All right. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Black Panther. Uh, uh, by, the, by the time we but next meet Carl, there's there's going to be a lot to, to, to discuss. So. I don't I don't think America's ready for what Black Panther's going to be. At this point. Everything I just, I've heard. <laughs> at this point, I just hope it doesn't disappoint. That's all. Yeah. Seems seems unlikely, but it, every the hype, the hype level is. It meets hype level. Bring it on. Bring it on. I'm, I'm yeah. ready. Bring it. All righty, folks. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, for now, court's adjourned.